Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every 700,000 years, the world is devastated by an event of catastrophic proportions. Oceans boil. Continents freeze. Poles shift. And species are destroyed by a single mysterious force. As of today, we are 100,000 years overdue. The core of the Earth has stopped spinning. The spinning core protects us from cosmic radiation. Without it, radiation will create superstorms. Microwaves will literally cook our planet. After that, it gets bad. So, how do we fix it? We can't. What if we could? We're here about your legendary ship. What would it take to get it in three months? $15 billion. Will you take a check? Can't wait to go to the center of the Earth, detonate 1,000 megatons of nuclear weapons, and we outrun the biggest nuclear shockwave in history. We're going in. This is molten iron at 9,000 degrees Fahrenheit, 2,000 miles down, 1,000 miles thick. Millions of pounds of pressure. We've got a breach! 10 seconds. Go to full throttle. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Amy Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themainamy.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themainamy. We're also now a proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You go find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends. Isn't it always great when you watch a movie and... You have gotten just enough science education to understand it, even though it's supposed to be complicated. This movie but... did make me feel very smart. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Why not? I mean, it's a big dumb blockbuster movie that didn't bl- bust any blocks. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So welcome back to they call us a movie. Uh, as we've been doing for the past few weeks, we've been getting into what we've watched during this quarantine so guys before we get into the movie at hand what have you been watching i've actually i've gone on a little bit of a uh, a movie spree here i've been a little bored lately so i did a a little marvel uh viewing party with just myself and i watched the first avengers movie which still holds up and has probably one of the five best scenes in the mcu uh the i'm always mad or i'm always scene. angry no not the shawarma scene uh the always angry scene when banner punches a leviathan in the face mm-hmm. um and i so that's still a good movie and then i watched Endgame 
because Juwan from Geek Vibes Nation said that it's overrated. So I wanted to rewatch it just to see if it was or was not. And I've seen it a few times. And I think after having not seen it for a little while, I can say it's a decent movie with a spectacular uh, ending. But overall, it's, I wouldn't say it's overrated, but it's not as good as everyone made it out to be. Uh, I think it's the sum of its parts in general. Yeah, but I, uh, I have a problem term. I just think you're not really talking about the movie. You're talking about the reaction to the movie. And it's just kind of like, all right, what, are we, what the fuck are we actually talking about here? Um, but, well, I mean, it's the it's the culmination of a huge yeah. arc. So I think it's impossible for it to be overrated. Yeah. In, in quotations but i can see why people would say it is where everyone's like oh it's one of the best one of the best it's not infinity war is much better uh, mm-hmm. but again yeah. the final act of endgame is just they they knocked it out of the park sure. uh, and and then i followed that up with the equally awesome and i hope you can tell i'm being super sarcastic angel has fallen okay gerard butler uh and i gotta say i am Every time I watch a Gerard Butler movie, I always I'm always excited because I like him. You he guys, like, you you seem to like him, and yeah, he seems like a cool weird. Dude. It's it's weird to me, to be honest with you. You you don't see it. I don't see it at all. He, if <laughs> we're talking, so in this movie we have discount Dennis Quaid. Yep. Um, Gerard <laughs> Butler is discount Russell Crowe. Okay. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But he's not a dickhead like Russell Crowe. Uh, I mean that that's that's Russell Crowe's charm. Now you just took the charm away from Russell Crowe, and that's why Gerard Butler's still just barely getting by with these has fallen movies that nobody cares. <laughs> well, I don't know who's asking for them, but they keep getting made. I uh, I asked myself the same question. Like, who asked for this movie? Well, like, why was this made into a trilogy? Because Olympus has fallen was a solid action movie. It's basically Die Hard in the white house all it's i know a- is i left you guys last year i left you guys alone for a week and you picked uh, what was the movie uh law-abiding citizen law-abiding citizen <laughs> and then this week i gave you options a lot of options and dan you zeroed in on the bounty hunter i did <laughs> <laughs> well and that's why i gave the pick to mark <laughs> really that's the no, reason. No, no, it's not. Uh, wow. it, the re- the reason is because you set more or less picked last week. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's, I was that's gonna say the, that, that's, that's very it's very mean. <laughs> no, we're not watching a Gerard Butler movie. <laughs> we we I, you know what? I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> I swear to God, I did not do that on purpose. Yeah. But he just seems like such a nice guy. Does he? He seems he does to me. He seems like you could <laughs> hang out with him and shoot the shit. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we hang out with different people all the time. But don't see Angel Has Fallen. Okay. So is I'm there anything else you have seen? No, that's it so far. Okay. Mark, what have you seen? Um, I actually have Final an update fashion. that's not a video game. What? Um, I watched. Well, it's a documentary. Um, I watched the uh, first two parts of The Last Dance, the uh, documentary on the Chicago okay. Bulls. Sure. Um, it's really good. Um, just for as I was I was talking to a friend today about it um who's uh, who's a lot older than me um and just going you know this was like for nba this was like the bulls were like the formative years team for me like that those six championships you know those were the teams when i was learning basketball and all that you know so um you know i have fond memories of watching them and trying to stay up late and, and watch games um when i was younger 
Um, so it was interesting to me to go back and uh, learn some of the stuff that I didn't know, even know now that was going on in this thing. You see how much of an asshole Michael Jordan is. Yeah. Like, like straight up, like, and the difference, like they show him back in like his early twenties and then what he was in 97, 98. And I'm like, that guy, that guy turned complete asshole in 14 years. Um, <laughs> Pulled a Gerard Butler. Yeah. He's well, a complete, wait a minute. <laughs> Don't go bad mouth in my man Gerard, all right? <laughs> so that was fun. The interviews are great. Sort of they go back and forth in time, like sort of setting up the whole dynasty and then showing that season. For anybody that likes sports or and grew up in the 90s, it's a pretty good thing so far. I'm not sure if I like that they're doing two episodes at a time over five weeks rather than just binging it because I could have watched the entire thing last night. But they're, uh, they're saving you from yourself, Mark. Yeah. That's what it, it, it sounds turned, like. <laughs> it turned it turned Twitter into a great because I I saw the highlights on Twitter before watching it and it was like this communal watch event for mm-hmm. it and just you know people picking out all these different things and cutting gifts and all already from it and yeah so yeah so I highly recommend it it's good so far next week is going to be about Rodman so that should be fun um <laughs> see how what they touch on there and besides that I beat Final Fantasy VII remake in a matter of nine days. So, um, yeah, that that's, speed that's run? basically it. No, it took me about 40 hours, 45 hours. I have no idea how long those games are supposed to last, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. I, 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 I did it quickly um, just because I wanted to be done for the Game Vault pod on Friday, um, just so I can give an actual review um, for it. I think, I think that's it. I was thinking of, uh, I saw a couple things on the Netflix when I was looking there that I might check out, but who knows, you know. Work, work can be so up and down. I feel like with how the way everything is going now, if what happens in the movie that we watch this week were to happen in real life, I wouldn't mind it, to be honest. I, I would almost it's, like welcome it. Is this like the sun exploding fantasy that it's, Anne has? That it's Anthony not. Has, yes. uh, this this is one's very messy. This is a long drawn out process. It's like it's going to take three years just for like solar flares to start hitting three months and then like it everybody's dead in a year no sun exploding is boom you won't even know what happened yeah this just seems like a whole lot of nonsense before people start dying i want that though i want to i want a few months of just like reckless abandon no where i can maybe i could just like come over your house and just like beat the hell out of you and like yeah what's the difference you know we're gonna die soon anyway or you could beat the hell out of me right oh my goodness right this like, what, we, is this because of what i said about gerard butler maybe i even even in a thunderdome scenario i think that would that still wouldn't hold up in court in a world where there are no rules they would make an exception for jesus fucking gerard butler have you seen the ugly truth <laughs> no that movie is so bad but i, I think what i'm saying is at any any kind of disaster, I would welcome at this point. I was just talking to the gentleman before we were uh, uh, recording that they're talking about opening up the gyms. And I said, I'm willing to risk it all just to go back to the gym. So I'm ready for whatever to just befall us. Just let it happen. Rain on me. That's very selfish it, of you. Yeah, well, like, I'm a selfish guy. Was, this is known, You've known me for a while. I'm going to feel changed. bad if it's the comedian, I think. But there's a uh, a joke uh, where like the best part about if you if the apocalypse comes, that would be the best part about going to purgatory, hell or heaven or wherever you go is they ask you how you died. And 
you just said died in a motherfucking apocalypse. Uh, uh, Patton Oswalt Pat, said that. Patton Oswalt, okay. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was Louis C.K. Uh, <laughs> volcanoes <laughs> erupted and Avril Lavigne's face showed up you in know? the clouds. Yes. <laughs> Mark, what would you have been more embarrassed about? If it wound up being Louis C.K. that you're telling a, a funny joke back to, or what if it was uh, Dane Cook? Ooh. Well, then we have no idea whose joke it was if it was Dane yeah. Cook. <laughs> could like, but, what, it, but if Dan was like, that's Dane Cook, would like that would have been worse than Louis C.K.? I don't know. I don't think so, man. No. <laughs> no, it would have been, it's a different level of embarrassment because the embarrassment would have been on a personal level that I was like every other college kid when he was big and bought a ticket to his concert um, when he came as, through state college. As did um, I. Uh, so it's the embarrassment of doing that. Oh, I did that when I was 20. Ugh. And then I may or may not have that. <laughs> Tourgasm DVD because my sister got it for me for Christmas. Um, that that's that kind of embarrassment. The other one would have been like, oh, I laughed at the joke from that asshole. Well, you know, just just so you know, now Mark, Ant's gonna hold this over our heads forever. Oh, <laughs> he's definitely gonna bring that up. Like if you make a, a solid point against him, he's like, yeah, well, at least I didn't go see Dane Cook. He's gonna do that. I mean, I mean, <laughs> that for Dan. Bastard. For Dan, defending Gerard Butler still worse. Well, you you come at now you have more ammo in the chamber really because now you have that you have that I cried at Deep Impact. <laughs> what what else do you have over me? You you've got quite a few things I bet. Yeah, I don't know. But to get back on track, guys. What did you watch, um, Ant? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm gonna do some serious editing on the first 17 minutes of this podcast. Um, uh, so I finished. In a matter of about three weeks, I've burned through the entire series of Community. So I'm done that. We started watching Waco. It was the short series uh, about David Crash. It was on Netflix. Interesting stuff. Movies. Not really a whole lot of movies this week. Watched Friday 13 Part 3 for uh, Quarantine Days of Horror. Also watched, uh, we watched a couple of animated movies. The Wife, Despicable Me, and Frozen 2. And I watched for the first time ever Blue Velvet today. I've heard good things about that movie. Yeah, it's not my favorite, David Lynch. It's okay. It's good. Not my favorite. Okay, cool. I'll gonna, give it a I'll give it a watch. I, I was going to ask if that was the David Lynch one or the one I confused it with, which is Blue Valentine. Yeah, not which, Blue Valentine. No. Not the Ryan Gosling one. No, no. And that's about it. Uh, yeah, so done. Community was my background show. I just put mm-hmm. it on in the background, but I never saw like the first, the last season, so I watched through the last season. Um, last episode's good. Uh, the season as a whole is not great. Uh, yeah. That was the one that wound up on Yahoo. But it was a nice nice ending. Kind of there's, fit the rest of the series. There's talks of them making a movie now. It's They said that it's actually pretty close. Interesting. Yeah, was I it think, six seasons in a movie? That yeah, that was, their, yeah. that was their like call to arms, their rallying cry. Uh, I wonder if the Russo brothers will direct. I know they, they directed just about every every episode in the in the best in the best uh, seasons. Yeah, so the the first uh, I want to say three seasons are are pretty pretty phenomenal. Yeah, the first season's really good. It takes a few episodes to get to get going, but you have a lot of classics in there. Yeah, the first so I believe the first three seasons were show run by uh, Dan Harmon, and then he mm-hmm. was kind of kicked out for the fourth season. I think he came back for the fifth. Um, I can't remember. But by the fifth, I think the fifth is when Donald Chevy Glover Chase leaves. Is gone. Chevy Chevy Chase, Donald Glover, and then uh, Shirley leaves in the sixth season. So there's there is definitely a even when even when Dan Harmon comes back, it's kind of like kind of a drop off because talent like Donald Glover and Chevy Chase leave. 
Um, but yeah, that's, that's our roundup of what we've been watching. Now, to get into the, the meat of the episode this week, um, as mentioned earlier, I'm going to try and do something different-ish. Um, kind of, we usually come to an agreement on what movie we're going to be watching, but I'm kind of going to give it to, we're going to do a little bit of like a round-robin sort of thing. So each week, one of us will pick a movie. And because more or less Dan kind of narrowed down last week's pick to a handful of movies and we decided from there, I kind of said that that was his pick. So we decided to go with Mark because Mark is always just, yeah, whatever you guys want to do. And, or he's the last person to answer a text chain. <laughs> so he loses by default. Um, I let him choose this week. And this week he decided on 2002. Let me it's see. Either, it's either two <laughs> or three. 2003's The Core, the disaster movie that's five years behind Armageddon. Um, yep. So guys... Uh, where are you coming from with the core? I had never seen this movie. I thought we were actually watching that, uh, the one when they do go to the sun. What is that? Uh, Sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah, I thought that's what this was with Cillian, Cillian Murphy, I think, I, is in that. Yes, he is in it. Yeah. I thought you were asking for the pronunciation. I, don't I think it. it's Cillian, Cillian. I don't know. Uh, we could spend a whole 10 minutes on that. We're not going to do that. Uh, so I was a little disappointed when it was the exact opposite. Uh, <laughs> no, it's reverse, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I was even more upset when I found out that DJ Qualls is in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not in it for very long, but for every minute he's in it, it's, I think you age a lifetime, or that's how it feels. It's like the when Inception, when they go to that one planet, everybody else ages 20 years. Uh, Interstellar, yeah. Interstellar, <laughs> every, yeah, sorry. Every minute is uh, is like three years or something like that, or like yeah. ten years. It's yeah. yeah, it's essentially that. That's what DJ Qualls is. He's <laughs> he's that planet in Interstellar. Um, but look, I wasn't bored with it. Uh, it's an it's an interesting movie for reasons we'll get into. But I think it was a pretty good choice by Mark. Yeah. So uh, from my perspective, um, I only chose it. Um, I hadn't seen it before, but I had heard from people that had seen it that it had ridiculous science in it and you know and stanley tucci was in it those are really the only things i knew going in uh when i saw it pop up on the list and i'm like oh i like i'll watch a movie with stanley tucci and if they're going to do crazy science stuff like armageddon or deep impact or any of those movies dante's peak or whatever the hell was coming out in that five-year window um it'll be fun we can rip it apart it'll be very stupid um but the 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 thing um with this is that it was an okay movie like um, I guess it's because it's the one thing I always mention on when we do these podcasts is when, you know, unless the script's absolutely awful, when you have competent actors in it, you know, it's at least watchable. You're not dreading your time there. Um, so, but there's a lot of things we're going to pick apart as we go through, but it wasn't, it wasn't as ridiculous as I thought it was going to be going in. Um, so slightly disappointed in that, but, um, it, it, it wasn't a waste of my time, so. Okay. It won there. Sure. Um, yeah, I've never seen this before. Um, I don't know how many of these like early 2000s disaster movies between this day after tomorrow and I don't know, is knowing one too? Uh, oh, 2012. Funny. All these movies I've I've never seen. I don't really have much of an interest. Um, I think I grew out of them after you know Armageddon, like Independence Day, Armageddon, Deep Impact, Volcano, Dante's Peak. They all kind of hit in the 90s and it's just like, all right, well. They've figured out a formula, whatever. Uh, I didn't hate it. Uh, it 
I've had I had to watch this twice. It, twice it was a slog to get through a second time. I put it off until like three thirty today, and I was just like, all right, well now I'm behind. Because <laughs> um, it's two it's two hours and ten minutes, which was we usually watch movies that are an hour and forty maximum. So it was a yeah. little bit more than what we're used yeah, to. Yeah. That um, I didn't know going in. Yeah. I, I mean, I that's, think that was the biggest problem it had going in. Yeah. I mean, it probably time. comes in 20 minutes shorter than Armageddon still, though. I have yeah. no I haven't seen Armageddon in forever. Yeah. yeah. I think I feel long. like Armageddon is like a two and a half hour ordeal. But anyway, this is basically Armageddon. <laughs> it's it's Armageddon if they uh, they put the rocket in reverse. Um <laughs> Because otherwise, it's the exact same thing. Um, uh, it's fine. Stanley Tucci, and it's a, it's perfect that we're watching Stanley Tucci movie this week because mm-hmm. now the internet is thirsting over him. Um, and he plays, apparently, he plays Stanley Tucci in this movie, uh, based yeah. on his his home vi- his stay at home videos. Um, that yeah, almost got kind of raunchy, and <laughs> based on his home videos. <laughs> well, I mean, those those you gotta you know, search the other parts of the internet for. Well, I, that's what I thought you were talking about for a second. You got to be careful. No, nope. I mean, you get your head out of the gutter, man. It's going to be difficult, but <laughs> I, I think it, it's tough to, to, uh, to say this is a bad movie because it does have some, some talent in it acting wise. Yeah. Right? You, you have Stanley Tucci, Aaron Eckert, uh, who's probably like bottom of the barrel with yeah. all of them. Uh, Hillary Swank is in yeah. it. I can so just he, go through it right now. Yeah. Uh, yes. Stars Aaron Eckhart, Aaron Eckhart, Hillary Swank, Bruce Greenwood, Stanley Tucci, Delroy Lindo, Richard Jenkins, DJ Qualls, and Alfrey Woodard. Uh, it's directed by John Emile, A-M-I-E-L. I'm going to say it's Emile. Uh, directed a lot of TV. We also directed Entrapment and The Man Who Knew Too Little. Uh, it's IMDb score of 5.5 and a Rotten Tomato score of 40%. Budget sixty million dollars and it only made thirty one million dollars in the U.S. So it was a stinker in terms of that. Yeah. Um. The yeah, as Mark said, the the science isn't that goofy. It's yeah. It, I mean, you gotta you gotta throw throw caution to win and just kind of believe everything that these people are saying because a lot of the times it's a lot of hand waving, just like oh yeah, who would have thought we would have invented this off screen. Or yeah. oh, looks like that worked out for us. Like okay. Yeah. yeah the, the the main thing is what what my uh, comment at the beginning of the episode was is that all the science in here is everything that I still retain from science class in like high school and all that. Um, when they were talking about you know the core and the Earth's layers and all that stuff, and I'm like okay, they. The only thing they threw out there, which made me laugh because it was like three years before the movie that made it famous, is that they called the stuff, they called the, uh, what, the, the stuff the ship's made out of, unobtainium. Unobtainium. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's part of the Avatar and, cinematic universe. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah, so it was like, I was like, oh, I want some, like, really stupid stuff like Armageddon has, you know, where, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, like yeah, nuclear warhead can blow up a comet. That mm. works, yeah. you know. No. And that's what I think is interesting because it re- Anthony was saying prior to uh, recording that you would think we would know enough about what's inside the Earth, even though they do mention that we've only gone what like seven miles down into the crust, and I think that's like the or like eighteen miles down, something like that. And but, it was a, 
only like a two two inch drill. Right. So then you have like, oh, we have no idea what we can accomplish. But in fucking Armageddon, we could slingshot around fucking planets, land on asteroids. <laughs> we we have like Mars rovers. That, like we can do anything in space. But when it comes to the Earth's core, we have no clue. Like, what do you mean you have no clue? Just you know what's down there. It's a lot of molten rock. Just that's it. There's really nothing else down there. Don't try to surprise us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also they've been, and also the big difference is they've been making space movies forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a lot easier to be wacky and uh, fantastical about uh, what they would do um, in in Armageddon and movies like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, this movie um, just a sense that it was the the only cool parts um, were seeing how they dealt with getting to each layer and made them and made it make it look different without literally having any visual knowledge of what they look like mm-hmm. you know they should have had more more locks though we were missing the more locks <laughs> chuds yeah they should have had some chuds <laughs> down there yeah now yeah. <laughs> hypothetically what if this is a prequel to avatar and they have to get an obtainium in avatar because they keep they keep needing to build these machines to jumpstart the planet Man. I like it. <laughs> cool. It's, it's, it would a, make... it's a constant thing. They have to do it like every three years because it does, oh, just doesn't take. So that's... they have to keep mining unobtainium. That's exhausting, to be honest. <laughs> At that point, you just, again, you just throw up your hands and like, this is it, man. It'll make me actually watch Avatar. Uh, that movie. Now, that's a movie that's uh, overrated, in my opinion. But anyway, if you told me. If, like, if you kind of got all the world's leaders together and said, every three, three years we have to do this, let's hold mm-hmm. a vote, you would have to vote nay. So you, right. This is it's it. Like, it's like dialysis for the Earth. It's like, oh, got to go get some dialysis. <laughs> we got to go launch some more nukes. <laughs> uh, no, you can't. Unless, I mean, at that point, you would imagine that they would be able to devise a better plan than just drilling with a fucking locomotive into mm. the core, right? <laughs> they would have something that could just send it down. They're like probably just like a, a big fucking hole at that point. Yeah. Just like, all right, we're going to launch the nuke now. And there you go. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What, what would you, do you think that they would do it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, it would be, it would be kind of funny just because like avatar there, they've already gotten to other planets that, sustain life and they're just putting uh earth on <laughs> on uh, life support by doing this every three years so well, then it kind of makes then it kind of makes the navi look like bad people because we're just trying to save our home but That's then true. they're like they're being dicks and hoarding all the unobtainium yeah it's our right as americans to take it right oh, well hold on manifest <laughs> destiny man it, it's only implied that it's americans right <laughs> in avatar why do you hate your country so much, Ant? Uh, I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's for another podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, the vote on doing it every three years will just depend on who profits off of it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It goes to the True. highest bidder, sure. Yeah. Lockheed Martin would have that on lock. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do it. it. This sounds like a terrible movie. Yeah. But the way we spend on our defense budget, we might just build those things over and over again with no plan to need or use them. Like, <laughs> oh, well, we got to build another Virgil. Why? Because oh, we got the we have the money in the budget. Uh, <laughs> government spending. Yeah, uh, I mean, if they could do it to build giant Jaeger machines, I'm sure they could do it, right? Yeah. They 
weren't that big. I mean, like two, three helicopters carried one yeah, of them. Yeah, ridiculous. I was gonna make the same friggin' joke. Ridiculous. That's the that's the most unbelievable part of any Pacific Rim movie. Now, like, all right, so now here you go. We, they retcon it in the second one, by the way. They do. They yeah. give them jetpacks, which too little, too late, if you ask me. Um, huge oversight. Uh, sorry. So here's what we do now. We combine the core with Avatar and Pacific Rim. <laughs> I don't know how. The, monster, the monsters coming out are because we're jump-starting the heart. We're disturbing their... Right, so it's, it's a vicious cycle. Right? And right, Godzilla, well, I guess, too, right? I, there have been some fan fiction drawings. Of, I think they're all in the same uh, right, legendary or whatever. What message board did you see this on? Was it a Rule 34 one? No, I did not see any <laughs> kaiju on robot <laughs> actions. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I th- I like that idea, Mark, where the Earth keeps stalling and we have to keep jump starting it. But every time we jump start it, more monsters come out. <laughs> so it's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, you guys want to get into the plot at this point? We've talked for a long time. It yep. seems like forever. <laughs> this has been the DJ Qualls of conversation. <laughs> his, career felt like, his career just felt like forever. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything to plug before we do? Of, there, Dan? of course. Uh, I'm going to plug our good friend Tia and her podcast, Top 10. Uh, so she's a good friend of the podcast. She's on Geek Vibes Nation. Go check her out. She has a podcast called The Top 10 with Tia. It's a weekly podcast where Tia and her crew tackle a number of entertaining topics like the top 10 movies of the year or the top 10 worst on-screen couples. This past week it was the top 10 movies that made you cry, and I doubt Deep Impact is on there. Uh, so this podcast has it all. Don't miss out. All right. And yes, we're going to take a quick break before we end the plot to listen to a couple of friends of the podcast. So we will be right back. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Hey, uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you epic. could tell him about the time I kicked her ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. Oh hi, didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly. The show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there welcome back and this is time to get into the plot for the core we open up on green world day which maybe is a thing uh, in boston and there's a carnival going on and a bunch of corporate assholes are about to go into a meeting and getting ready to make 40 million dollars when the main one that is not killian murphy brain melts in the meeting and falls face first into the glass table um, we get a nice uh, down, like upward shot of that, and then I question whether or not this is a comedy because it's hilarious <laughs> looking. 
Yeah, I didn't know what was going on there. I thought maybe he just kind of like passed out from excitement. Yeah. Uh, but no. Uh, then outside, everyone is freaking out. Cars are crashing. People are dying. Clowns fall face down on the ground. And again, <laughs> is this a comedy? <laughs> That's yeah, a keen eye. Like I didn't notice that. It's it's a it's a crane one shot too of all this going on. Yep. Um, and then we cut to University of Chicago, where Aaron Eckhart is playing Dr. Joshua Keyes. He's a college professor teaching some sort of class uh, on wavelengths to a bunch of uninterested teens. Who he's uh, definitely banging, by the way. Right, he's definitely getting some college tale. Um, I mean, it was a pretty empty class, and he did not—he didn't have like the girl in Raiders of the Lost Ark, where she like has like fuck me on her eyelids like <laughs> or whatever she had well um, he's just so like devilishly handsome right he's got the the frosted hair and it's kind of the, the bed head like i don't care man i'm a cool professor yeah i'm your best friend <laughs> yeah his uh his office hours are from three to four in his office and then nine to eleven at home <laughs> That's yeah, right. and, and there's a reason he only teaches freshmen yeah. <laughs> jeez they're so impressive. <laughs> uh, then a couple of suits interrupt the class and tell them they need to come with him, with them. Um, he's like, well, where are we going? And they're like, we can't tell you that because we don't know because you have a higher security clearance than us. In, in the entire country, there's like nobody that's not teaching a freshman class that can do this job better than him. <laughs> well, well, I think yeah, they, they never talk come, about it. I think I think they like hand wave it like they do a lot of things later where he says he built something and the government bought it. Or yeah. sold it to the government. So mm-hmm. yeah, they do. He do. They use one of his inventions for the for the ship, I guess. Yeah. Call the yeah. ship. And, and by the way, I may have been maybe the only one of the three of us that got really excited when that one FBI agent walked up or Secret Service agent because it was it's the like guy Dawson's from, Creek. No, no, it's it's uh, Aaron Pierce from Twenty Four. The okay. uh, the guy that was there for uh, I guess almost all eight of the seasons. Um, he was sort of like. You know, Jack's right hand, like, sort of um, on, like, the B team. Like, gotcha. if they had to send people out to do stuff, he would be the one. You're, or he was in the White House or something. You're definitely right, right that you were probably the most excited because I had no yeah, clue who yeah. that guy yeah. was. Yeah, if it ain't Chloe, I don't know who you're talking about on 24. <laughs> um, then they cut to Washington, D.C., and Josh Keyes meets up with a guy he knows named Serge, and then they both meet General Purcell in a room full of dead bodies. And Purcell's asking them what uh, would have killed a bunch of people in a small radius at the same time, and Josh says that they all have pacemakers, and then EMP pulse could have had an effect, but not likely not an act of terrorism. And then Purcell's like, all right, good enough for me. Peace out, bitches. I, I like uh, how even the way they figured this out is sort of like how you know not like uh non-doctors would figure out. he's like well you do this kind of science i do this kind of science and this they think it's a weapon so it must be the pacemakers mm-hmm. you know that was the depth of his explanation yeah and yeah. and the and the general is played by richard jenkins right yep, yep. and it's crazy because he's always a solid actor right mm-hmm. but he was nominated for best supporting actor twice i think for this wasn't movie he? i'm sorry no, yeah, for this movie, yeah, <laughs> he, he really knocks it out of the park in the core. But yeah, it's just it's weird because whenever I see him, he's always just a he's a very good character actor. Yeah. And then I found out I was doing a little research. He was nominated for two Oscars oh. for uh, Shape for... of Water and The Visitor, I think. Yes, it was actually this movie and Step Brothers, right? I believe. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's that's very so, true. He he was a tour de force in Step Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Robbed, I say. <laughs> Uh, so they cut to a scene in London where a bunch of pigeons freak out and cause havoc, running straight through windows and cause a bunch of accidents. Like the lab, Keys takes a bunch of grad students to tasks them to take a to do some mapping of strange animal behavior, electromagnetic fields of Earth. Um, and then in space we get Bob Iverson and Rebecca. Yeah. I don't re- remember what her last name was. The, the one timestamp. For this is what he shouts out about a T1 modem, mm. which, you know. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. You can use the T1 modem you usually use for Sailor Moon to look up some of this research. Yep. I thought we going to timestamp this was the horrendous CGI of the space shuttle. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. So in space, Bob Iverson and Rebecca are astronauts on Endeavor, sending back to Earth. As they descend, uh, Iverson realizes that they are, of course. So they panic and they have to try to figure out a way to land. Uh, they're right over Los Angeles, so they wind up doing an emergency crash landing in the L.A. River after they pass Chavez Ravine, complete with Sean Green cameo. Um, and Mike you know, Hampton, who was the pitcher. Uh, that looked like uh, stock footage. Looked like oh, archival yeah, yeah. of Mike Hampton, but yeah. Sean Green showed Green up to set the, one day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's uh, that's a pretty good pull right there. Sean Green, baby. It's a $100 million man. <laughs> uh, nearly crashes into a bunch of workers doing some cleanup work. Um, then Josh meets up with Dr. Zimsky, played by Stanley Tucci. Um, he needs him to read a report he's written about the end of the world, quote-unquote. And Zimsky is, I guess, like kind of like the leading DC scientist. He's kind of like... If there's any sort of reason why somebody needs to talk to the country about some sort of scientific thing, he's basically the one the president calls. Because um, he and Zimsky loves every minute of that spotlight, um, yeah. just like well, Stanley Tucci. I was going to say that's that seems like a very Stanley Tucci kind of character. Yeah. Right? Everything just, he ever he ever plays is just loves the limelight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just chews that scenery. Like he always does. <laughs> I don't really, you know who I am? <laughs> I, I really wish. Movies would stop casting Stanley Tucci as characters with hair, though. <laughs> it's so creepy. Yeah. He doesn't. Ha- he doesn't need hair. He has the perfect head. Just let him rock <laughs> the bald look, man. You could be a scientist and be bald. Most of them are usually, right? I. I, I mean, it sounds like a stereotype, but sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's what this movie should be. It's all stereotype. Yeah. yeah. Stanley Tucci is one of those actors that kind of like. He'll he'll do a prestige movie and then like immediately go to something shitty like the core. Especially, especially he did a pretty bad Netflix movie. It was like a horror movie. I I can't remember what it's called, but it it came out a few years ago and it was it was real bad. So yeah, Stanley Tucci could run the gamut of amazing work and then just like yeah, I need a paycheck. Yeah. Is he is he like Nicolas Cage with with strength? With some Um, standards. He's more like Ben Kingsley. That's like so. Yeah, ben Kingsley will be like, you know, do a prestige Shakespeare movie and then like jump into a Uve Bowl uh, video Blood game rain. movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so just like looking back at uh, Stanley Tucci at this time, 99, he did a Midsummer Night's Dream, so that's like Shakespeare. And then he does Sidewalks of New York, a romance movie. Then America's Sweethearts, a romantic comedy. Then Big Trouble was that Tim Allen movie that got pushed into 2002 because there was a scene with a bomb on an airplane right after 9-11 um and then he does road to perdition and he does 
and then he immediately does Made in Manhattan, and then The Core, uh, <laughs> and then the, term, the the Life and Death of Peter Sellers, where he plays Stanley Kubrick, and then he plays The Terminal. So, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think Made in Manhattan was the number one movie at the time when it came out, because I think Jennifer Lopez is like the only person to have a number one album and a number one movie at the same time. I mean, you're bringing together Jennifer Lopez and Ray Fiennes. Why wouldn't that be the number one movie in in the country? I'm just so I don't know if it's fair to say that's like a terrible. You know what I mean? Like, it's probably not a great movie. I've never seen it, but also it's not, yeah, it's not a prestige movie. That's yeah, very true. Yes. Um, I would have guessed. I if you had paid me money, asked me to bet money, I would have guessed Matthew McConaughey was in that movie. But, oh, that's that he is in another. Uh, he's the wedding Lopez planner. Movie. That's yes. the wedding planner. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so he Zimsky reads over the report and he tells Josh that he must be wrong and that his own personal research will prove it. And then Josh leaves saying things are going to get worse in the next couple of days. So his point will be made. And after Josh leaves, Zimsky pulls out his top secret folder and we cut away. Astronaut Rebecca meets with Purcell and back in Washington asking about an upcoming board of directors meeting regarding the spaceship crash. He tells her that her career is more or less over at this point because uh, they let they crashed a spaceship, so no one really comes back from that. Talk to Ch- Chauncey Sullenberger though. So, so the <laughs> my my one thing with this scene is I don't know if they were they obviously when they wrote this they just did it because they wanted the the opposite thing to happen when it does occur later when she actually goes to that review mm-hmm. is the only reason they put this in here. But what would they rather have that shuttle crashed into Dodger Stadium? You know, right. would that would that have been? Well, I think at that point the Dodgers were pretty awful, so they might have wanted that. I think the point is that she was the the one in charge of navigation, and they were to- taken off course. Okay. That's the point, I think. It, is that, that as a, as up EMP? As up until that point, there was no evidence of the EMP, or there it wasn't it wasn't knowledge of the EMP, so it just looks like giant fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you're right, guess, Mark. It, it's basically setting. It's foreshadowing. Yeah. One would say. Yeah, they do that a lot in this. For sure. Yeah, they're very subtle, <laughs> as as most disaster movies tend to be. Yeah. Um. So then Josh and Serge hang out in a bar drinking. Then the suits show up again and bring them into an important chief staff meeting. And at the meeting, Josh tells the chiefs of staff that the Earth's core has stopped spinning, causing the EM field protecting the Earth to begin to fail. Um, this protects us from solar winds. And then in order to illustrate that Josh does one of the most unnecessary experiments I've ever seen, where he just takes a can of air freshener, lights an apple on fire as if chiefs of staff don't (laughs) understand what would happen. Well, I was thinking, thank God it was a fully catered chief of staff meeting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That apple was there. Yeah. Thank God, thank God there was a peach as well, so they could cut that in half and explain how the earth works. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they, exactly. they all look befuddled when Aaron Eckhart is explaining the earth to these people. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like the outer part is, you know, that's where we that's where we are. Then you have the mantle, and then this big peat this big uh, pit is the core. No way. Unbelievable. That's this underneath us right now. <laughs> <laughs> was it? It was. It was this meeting where he began with the line. They were like, "All right, so tell us." And he's like, "Well, everyone's gonna die in a year." Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Whoa. Keep strong. <laughs> yeah. I wish he would have played a little more drunk. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He sobers up. up. Yeah. yeah. I, um, also, throughout this movie, I don't know if it was maybe just me, but 
I have a really hard time just uh, believing anything Aaron Eckhart says. Because, Is it because again, you saw Thank You for Smoking? Is it because <laughs> he's a two-face? Yeah, no, well, it, sure, but uh, no, Both of just, those things. <laughs> he does not look the part, right? He just kind of looks like a regular. He just looks like a hunky guy, really. Like, I, I don't, I don't trust hunky guys with <laughs> fate of the world. Like that, I, that's not true. I can't say that because I trust The Rock, and he's you, pretty. But well, do you trust and, Gerard Butler? Uh, no, no, I would not. <laughs> I would trust him to defend me from uh, in invading armies. Okay. He's very good at that. But not at science. And I don't trust Aaron Eckhart at science. Okay. I mean, the rock could just flex at something and it would do what he wanted. Yeah, be, that's very true. Be like, asteroid, you're not going to hit Earth. Boom. I, oh, I, yeah, I, sorry. I, oh, all of a sudden the asteroid's veered off course. <laughs> it's going to miss us by 5,000 miles. I, I could, I would watch that movie where the rock uh, like schmoozes with an asteroid, an incoming asteroid. Well, it's rock versus a rock. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> Who's going to win? Yeah, uh, I can see the poster force. right now. I can see the poster right now. The Rock versus a Rock. It yeah. is and him is, just is, like getting ready to punch a rock. Well, I'm thinking maybe how they do the Marvel uh, posters, where you have the asteroid coming in, and then the Rock's face just above it, looking into the distance, just like his big fucking head, <laughs> just looking into the distance, yeah. and then everyone else is just kind of scattered around. You know, like we'll we'll say that you know Zendaya is in it. That's his daughter. Sure. Uh, and she's down there looking very actually, worried. Actually, a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put Richard Jenkins in there. Right. Yeah. R- Richard Jenkins could be the general again. Yeah. He did it so well this time. Who's the comic relief? Stanley jo- Tucci. <laughs> I was gonna say Josh Gad. I I was thinking Josh Gad. Yeah, Josh Gad would be. Good. <laughs> <laughs> he would be good. Uh. But he, like he has a much smaller profile on the on the uh, yeah. on the poster. Uh, yeah, like basically, th- like, I would say like uh, two thirds of the poster are just the Rock's head. Yeah, <laughs> that big melon of his. I like it. Yeah. Let's make it. Let's make this happen. <laughs> what do you call it? Well, I thought it was Rock versus Rock. I think that's just the tagline. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> we got. I got to think about it. Okay. Uh, I would so, say Meteor Man, but that's been taken. <laughs> um, so then the um, the chief of staff basically asks, hey, Josh, what's the plan? And he's like, there's no plan. There's no way we're going to be able to get down there. It's too far, too hot, too much pressure. And then Stanley Tucci's like, but what if all the things you just said was completely incorrect? <laughs> <laughs> then everything I said would make no difference then, right? Pretty much. Right. Like, just forget what I said. Yeah. So smash cut to Salt Flats, where Zimsky brings Purcell and Josh and Serge to meet Dr. Brazelton, who Zimsky apparently stole Brazelton's research. Uh, Brazelton played by Delroy Lindo. Brazelton's been busy bu- building an enormous pulse drill that works similar to a kidney stone gun or pulse, whatever. I don't know what you call it. Kidney stone thing. Ultrasonic something. Yeah. Uh, machine, let's say, machine. Uh, would work. Um, and it's powered by unobtainium. Thank you, Avatar. Uh, I like how he says he'll need months and months of development just to build it. And then they're like, well, uh, we need it now. And he's like, all right, then just give me billions and billions of dollars instead. Yeah, I, I think the, the thing goes something like, he goes, oh, maybe like 10, 12 years, maybe. Yeah. And he goes, how about three months? And he goes, well, if he gave me $15 billion, maybe. 
<laughs> and then they make a joke about checks. Yep. Well, this is the uh, this is the perfect moment to use that Jordan meme where fuck them kids because it's <laughs> taking it right out of education. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Social Security slashed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, start it, the planet. It, it would definitely send us into a very big depression, I'd imagine. Yeah, and at completely. that point, we would want the Earth to stop at that point. So, again, just a vicious cycle. <laughs> um, and then for some reason, they need a hacker. But <laughs> <laughs> so they need the, to control the media. Or, yeah. Then he doesn't do any of that. Which is one of the craziest things, because, like, they say in... So, in the meeting with the chiefs of staff, the uh, they, he says, uh, Aaron Eckert says, like, in three months, we'll be going back to the Stone Age, I think he says. And this takes all this all takes three months. And I guess shit is going down in the world around us and nobody knows a goddamn thing. <laughs> right. Because DJ Qualls is he's yeah. doing his part. He's doing it, his part. It makes no sense because they're in a top secret base. Yeah. No one has any clue what's going on regardless. So you don't need anyone to control the media, right? Yeah, but it's like like the Northern Lights show up in Washington D.C. No one's questioning that. Well, it's not like it's not like this thing is a silent thing that's happening. Like happening and no, like it's only happening underground, and we don't know. We're not getting any ideas of it above ground. Like shit's going crazy. Pigeons are flying into windows in London. Rome is burning. The Coliseum uh, blows up. Yeah, the Coliseum yeah. blows up. Northern Lights show up in Washington D.C. San Francisco like melts. And it's like, oh, yeah, thank God we got DJ Qualls. <laughs> right? He's yeah. not going to be able to help anything, really. Yeah. And I it's... also like how when D, when not DC, when San Francisco melts, how they show the ozone layer being essentially how Aaron Eckhart said it's just a shield. And it's just yeah. like, it's almost like a sci-fi movie where someone punches a hole through <laughs> the shield yeah. in the upper atmosphere. And you, yeah. you see just like a, a square, just like, evaporate pretty much it's like a, that's how it works <laughs> it's not how, uh, at all it's like right. and yeah and also it wouldn't just be san francisco no that it would be much, the much hole larger. would go all the way around the world yeah <laughs> well, that's, that's, it yeah exactly um well it does move <laughs> it moves in this 60 foot uh diameter little circle <laughs> It's it's almost like someone is shooting a death ray, pretty yeah, much, and it's just kind exactly. of like following its own trajectory, if mm, you will. But yeah. no, as Mark said, it would it would go much much further than San Francisco. Item, we'd probably lose the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, minimally. No, no, it would. Yeah, it would have went horizontally, so it would have went across the United States. So that whole thing where they go, I know we're jumping ahead, but who cares? But uh, that whole thing where they need certain amount of power for some device later. Well, theoretically. This is the one science thing that was really terrible. That sun ray would have went all the way across America and took out all those power relays at that point. I'm sure everything else just holds up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one would assume. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm also. I, I also like this kind of like the era of Hollywood where they still don't quite understand what hackers do. Yeah. <laughs> they always eat junk food. Yeah. Right. Oh, and they're always. Over. Oh, go ahead, Mark. We skipped over the best part with DJ Qualls when he takes the cell phone out. Rolls up yeah. some, rolls, it takes the tinfoil part of gum, throws it into something, makes some noise on it, and goes, here, you have free long distance. Yeah, because that's how it works. What if yeah. it didn't work, and, like, Aaron Eckhart just thinks, like, oh, man, I got free free long distance forever. I can call anybody. I call my friends, and he gets a bill. It's, like, 
Well, that's probably more along the lines of what hackers really do, to be honest. They just troll the shit out of you. Just trolling you. These assholes and don't know what I do. The funny part is there's probably a portion of our audience that has no idea that you need to used to have to pay separately for long distance, which makes me kind of sad. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, uh, DJ Qualls is useless in this movie, yeah, absolutely essentially. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just like in life. <laughs> I don't want to go that far. I'm sure he's a... He's a swell guy with a great personality, but <laughs> acting wise, that holds true, I think. Mm. Uh, it's, he, he, it's when he does that part with the cell phone with the uh, the gum wrapper at the end when he says, Yeah, now you have free, uh, you have free long distance calling forever. I wish they would have just like freeze framed and said, Hacking at the very bottom, <laughs> <laughs> hacker man. <laughs> Uh, so Rebecca has her trial, and it goes well. She isn't getting fired. She's getting reassigned to Save the World Project. And then there's a briefing. Um, Josh is leading the meeting, but can't tie a tie, because he's the cool, hip professor. He's never worn a tie before. Told you. Uh, yeah, and, they gotta, and also, and Dan, I'm going to say that word again, they have to have the meet-cute moment for him and Hilary Swank's character, because he does her tie. Yeah. It's a meet cute, but at the same time, they never develop the romantic relationship. No. They don't really need to, um, because it's just a movie where people are in like a giant tin can for 90 minutes. But um, it's weird that they even introduce it. Yeah. They are in a giant tin can that's shaped like a phallus. Oh, a giant vibrator. I have that in my notes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one giant vibrator. <laughs> that's how they're gonna jump start the <laughs> by fucking it by hard uh hard penetration does that, does that, i don't does that think just, the earth wanted it does that just make the inner core of the earth's clitoris uh i i think that's the 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 diamonds right the diamonds uh, shaped almost like it i guess it depends on where they're positioned right i don't know <laughs> start at the top then yes listen i don't know my way around women okay so don't ask me <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, the whole entrance into the crust is pretty phallic. It's pretty sexual. <laughs> well, that's, that's I guess, the movie's way of saying mankind is fucking Mother Nature. I guess so. Wow. I don't think that's what Super it is. I just made that up. There you go. We're, we're the disease. Hashtag. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, Zimski feels like he should be the lead on the project. Simsky and Purcell then discuss something called uh, Destiny, and they're questioning whether or not it has anything to do with it, but they kind of hush-hush and move on. Josh kicks off the meeting, and then we have a montage of three months' worth of work. Simsky said earlier that three months have been back in the sewing age, so I'm curious what life is like and how they've misled the whole world population. Bridgelton builds the ship. Zimsky calculates the need for explosives. And this is where Captain Iverson asks a very important question that gets completely ignored and comes up later. Um, about what if you're wrong about the the weight of the core? What if you need more? What if you need less? And Zimsky's just like, ah, go on. Do you you just figure out piloting in the ship, flyboy? Basically. <laughs> right. What if the core was made of cheese? Yeah. He he basically gives him like the little noogie, like, oh, this guy over here, get yeah. out of here. Let us eggheads do the egghead work, and you just pilot the ship, there, jock boy. <laughs> Yeah, for some reason, there's a lot of animosity on this team. Yeah, well, luckily, Captain Iverson's going to be dead shortly, so it won't matter. 
<laughs> and it's very uh it's just a very quick pass over with that yeah <laughs> our captain just died okay nobody cares oh so sad yeah. even uh, even hillary swank who's like that that was her mentor right they have a, they have a nice little sit down and talk about basically leadership. right it's basically him saying i'm gonna die very soon so be ready yeah the foreshadow yeah. That's all Bruce Greenwood was in this movie. It's just I feel like that's what for, Bruce Greenwood foreshadow the character. He's is Captain Foreshadow is his name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, Captain Foreshadow. He's the same way in Star Trek. There you go. Yep. Right. He's telling Captain Kirk to well before he's captain, telling Kirk yeah. to you have to you know straighten up and fly right because I'm not going to be around forever, buddy. And sure enough, he's yeah. not around forever. <laughs> yeah. The uh, and I don't know if you guys caught this, but when Hillary Swank is getting emotional about uh, Captain Iverson's death, she does the Mitch from uh, dazed and confused, and just grat and just pinches the bridge of her nose nope. to sort of do that. I didn't no, know that was I a thing. Right you ever see? You've seen Dazed and Confused, right? Uh, a long time the, ago. Okay. The, the long-haired that... kid Mitch, every time he has to do like embarrass or disappointment or something, he just like pinches the top of his nose and like shakes his head. Know. It was like his acting tick um, <laughs> in that whole movie, yeah. and he does it a lot. And uh, maybe I've just seen that movie a lot more than both of you, and that was the first thing I thought. <laughs> oh, I no, I, I completely remember that, but okay. I did not associate it with this movie. Okay. It's one of the reasons why I don't like I that movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the reasons? Oh, it, Dan, when I tell you, when Mar- Mark is not exaggerating how often this kid does that it's, in this movie, yeah. <laughs> it is obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. I I gotta watch it again then because I don't probably remember. Fu- you probably could find a uh, montage on YouTube. a montage of it on YouTube of just him touching his face. Well, yeah. now I'm kind of I'm kind of <laughs> creeped out by it. I don't know yeah. if I want to watch it because the way it makes you react kind of scares me. Yes, yeah. it's it's awful. But anyway, we're not watching Days and Confused. We're watching the court. Yeah. Um, they have a terrible simulation session which they fail 22 times according to Alfred Woodard. Um, and then they take a break, and then Re- Re- Rebecca and Josh have a scene where he shows her the invention he created to help steer the ship underground. Basically, it's a machine that sees through uh, all types of material. Specifically, he's testing it on lead. Um, and as I mentioned, it's not not that a romantic subplot would be wouldn't be completely out of place, but it's weird that it never actually completely happens. Like they never kiss, they never have like the truly romantic moment together. Um, they just I think most the, of the end of the movie is just them talking as they wait to die. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty I romantic. think they just have one celebratory kiss at the end, but that's more of a we're going to fucking live sort of kiss than a romantic one. Not, and it's, it's more it's, we're going to fucking live rather than we're going to fuck. Yeah. It's a very live. bad kiss, too. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if you know. Yeah. I guess because it's so haphazard, maybe it wasn't written in. Maybe Swank just kind of took the bull by the horns there. But it's a very awkward kiss. Yeah. I don't even remember it. So there we go. Yeah, it's a very unremarkable kiss. Yeah. Uh, then Iverson and Rebecca have their kind of mentor-mentee conversation. And then we start to see high-level static discharge happening across the, the, the world. Popping up all around the planet, including Rome, which causes major catastrophes there. Um, the Coliseum explodes. People's cappuccinos get destroyed. Uh, <laughs> just major fires everywhere on top of that. I was uh, hoping I was hoping that they would show France being destroyed over Italy because then I could have made the no one ever chooses Italy joke. Well, you made it anyway. Yeah, you go. <laughs> but it didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. Uh, damn you, movie. It's fine. 
they get then they get set to board the ship. Preston says the name of the ship is Virgil. Um, and then Serge pops some champagne. Then we have systems check scene, and Tucci is recording is recording his thoughts into a, a tape recorder, and for some reason is using a slightly British accent. Um, and then launch. They make they make a comment about that later, which is completely what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he uh, the the other the other his rival doctor says um Brazzleton. yeah Brazelton says um uh you know why are you talking like Carl Sagan yeah in that mm-hmm. yeah because that's very much what he's trying to do yeah uh so then they launch and we still have 80 minutes left in this movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh they drop in the middle of the ocean where the crust is thinner there um what's the the fault the mariana trench mariana yeah. trench yep uh they drop uh, finally looking at the ship in full it's a giant vibrator <laughs> uh as they descend they attract whales um and uh, that's foreshadowing yeah, I was yeah. Gonna say, there was another one uh, yeah. but um, it's different it's different whales at the end and it's the whales that you don't want to come across really sure these ones are like humpback whales they're nice whales sure yeah, yeah. Um, my, my favorite part is as we'll get get to it right here is that um it's another moment where they're in the middle of shit going down, and then all of a sudden one of the characters goes, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention, this is also a risk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, that happens a lot in this movie. Just like, oh, we're encountering a problem. Oh, I should have brought that up. Well, why didn't you? <laughs> I totally forgot. We only had three months. What? Yeah, yeah the um, starting at the trenches, uh, it, while it's thinner there, it's causing a lot of seismic activity, which is a problem basically um so an underwater earthquake occurs they wind up going faster than expected with some cross currents that cause some problems they still manage to breach the crust and so begins the descent into a more nebulous porous mantle than i learned about in science class um and <laughs> the constellations uh, are apparently underneath <laughs> yeah, us yeah <laughs> as i say in my, in my notes this movie may as well take place in outer space <laughs> i i wanted i would love to see a disaster movie where the first group that goes in just gets completely annihilated. <laughs> like, all right, like we weren't accounting for these cross, you know, these cross streams, and they just smash into, into the side of the earth. <laughs> they just don't get the lasers on in time. Right, yeah, it just, yeah the, for some reason, the, the cross streams just knock out the lasers and <laughs> just smash right into the earth. And, Team wow. two. Yeah, like, all right, so we think we figured it out. So uh, we're not going to launch there. But everyone that invented the project has died. So. Right. <laughs> so we're, this is best guess scenario now. <laughs> best of luck. Uh, so then they, they're going through the, ma- the crust and then the mantle, and they literally hit a pocket of empty space and then wind up in an enormous underground geode. Which, and they get which, stuck and you yeah. have to go outside. Yeah, which again was another moment where they went, what is that... What is that uh, static on the screen? Oh, it's blank space. I never made it account for that. And then Dr. <laughs> Brazington goes, I didn't teach it how to fly. <laughs> it's, again, like, I get that we, you know, we haven't really gone very far down, but I would assume our brightest minds have figured out that there isn't just a vacuum inside the inside the Earth, really. It's just, it's just a lot of hot shit, basically. I, so I assumed, and maybe my science classes aren't great, I assume the the mantle is basically solid rock. Am I wrong? No, yeah. that's the, 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 <laughs> man, the, the mantle is where all the lava and liquid magma comes from. 
Uh, is that, is what that is it, true? Sediment or something like that? I have no idea. Yeah. I'm the, not. I don't claim to be a smart guy. Yeah. The the only part, technically, the only part of this movie that we haven't ever seen on Earth, from my knowledge, is this when they get into the core. You know, like. So we've seen everything else. Well, no, I'm saying the mantle. I'm pretty sure is lava. So we've seen lava. Um, you know, uh, and all the crust stuff, obviously. Uh, you know, obviously they take some liberties the deeper they go, but um, the only thing that hasn't been actually seen on Earth is the stuff that's in the core. Okay, okay. I've looked up the Earth's mantle on Wikipedia, everybody. So I'm going <laughs> to give you the bottom of this. The quick. The Earth's mantle is a layer of silicate rock between the crust and outer core. It makes up a most of the Earth's mass. And it is predominantly solid, but in geological geological time, which I don't know what that means, it behaves as a viscous fluid. Partial melting of the mantle at mid-ocean ridges produces oceanic crust, and partial melting of the mantle at subduction zones produces continental crust. So it is, for all intents and purposes, solid. That's what it seems. Okay. Yes. Except when it's liquid, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> right. I have no idea. <laughs> It adds yeah, sort of liquidity. Yeah. You know what's cool, though? We could have been on this team. Because <laughs> <laughs> we know as much as they do. <laughs> Look, did, from reading this, I'm pretty sure my teaching was not wrong. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and also it proves another point that they didn't mention in it as the reason why he picked an ocean entry. You know, mm-hmm. because yeah, that be was, that's where the mantle would be softer. Yeah. And the outer core is liquid. Yeah. Okay, so that's the liquid hot magma. Iron and nickel. Okay, interesting. They probably go over it in the movie. I just wasn't paying attention I don't to feel that like they nerd did. stuff. No, I, I, like I don't they... know. Couldn't tell you. They they hand wave everything. Like, they may mention it in a line or something. Mm-hmm. Like, but they don't deep dive into it like I thought they would and make it really dumb and stupid. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like even though this movie is two hours and ten minutes, it feels like there's deleted scenes that explain a lot more. I just remember thinking out. that on Virgil, on the boat, they have like a, a living quarters, and that's when I got worried because like, oh shit, that means that they're going to be there for a long time. Because if they need to sleep, obviously they'll they have that. So I was just hoping it would be kind of like, this will only take a day. But no, it takes a long time, and that just adds more time to the... No, it takes a while. It's a couple days, right? Yeah, it takes... I think it takes a week. uh, From what? From when they start to when when they they launch to when they get back. I think it's a week. It's probably roughly a week. They they did have, like, a timer, which was, like, 60 hours in, whatever. That's, like, three... Almost three days. Um, (laughs) But, Mark, um, so magma does form between the upper part of the mantle and the lower part of the crust. Okay. So it's, so yes, you are right. I think we were both right there, which is good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So like the upper part of the mantle is like, is where magma is. And then, yeah. but for the most part, the mantle is solid, which is not the mantle that we get in this movie, which just kind of looks like nebulous, like galaxies almost, which I guess is part, it's supposed to be because that's what they're looking through. Aaron Eckhart's invention because it's seeing through everything, so it looks kind of transparent yeah. and shit. Yeah. And I guess other if we don't look at it in that sort of way, we're just seeing nothingness. But yeah. come on. I mean, I guess they technically describe the mantle the way it's supposed to be at the end when mm-hmm. she's bringing his ship back up. Yeah. She's like, I got to keep following these trenches, you know, to follow the flow of the 
you know. Yeah, but also, there. are there trenches in the mantle? Are there? I don't are know. Are there giant sandworms in the mantle that are creating <laughs> the like tunnels? I'm, oh, that'd be so no cool. Idea. It's the lizard people. Okay. Yeah, you need to answer some questions there, creators of the core. Uh, <laughs> sure. I mean, we got a lot. We got a lot more movie to get through. <laughs> well, let's. Yeah, I know it's getting real late, so try to summarize. <laughs> okay. See so, if you can. Yeah, I'll try. Um, yeah, so they wind they wind up in a geode. They get stuck. Um, so they have to go out and uh, clear the wreck, clear all the debris that has stopped them. So they go out. But good news, the suits can take the pressure, which they, you know, I guess they finger crossed on that one and were proven right. <laughs> um, the geode breaches and it starts to rain magma. So they, uh, some of them huddle inside, but Brazelton has to try and cut a piece of crystal out of the drill. They can't get enough oxygen because the drill is an oxygen powered drill. So Josh, the hero that he is, hooks it up with his own air tank to get it to work and almost dies. And he gets it done. And then Iverson gets way too close to the lava, but gets hit in the head by falling debris and dies anyway. So um, the lava wasn't the problem. It was just debris. And then everybody gets else back on the ship in time. And Josh comes to after a while and they have to tell him that Iverson's dead and nobody else really seemed to care. They move on very quickly. Yeah. Uh, later, they get into a diamond asteroid belt, and they get a hull breach, and they start shutting off the weapons control room, and Surge goes back for his notebooks and gets locked in. Possibly the worst acting Aaron Eckhart has allowed himself to put onto screen in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> Real bad. Surge! 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 I can get you! I can get you! Which, to be fair, they probably could have gotten him. He's, he's dying for quite a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and he keeps sc- he keeps screaming for Rebecca to override the ejection system, and before she does, Zimsky tells her that she can't, or else she'd compromise the rest of the ship and the mission. Um, yeah. So she allows him to get crushed to death. And real quick, this is the second movie we've done where a guy thought to save his research notebook over himself. <laughs> That's true. He he goes back because. <laughs> The notebook had a picture of his kids, which if you kept yourself alive, you could have seen them for real. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that's your priority, obviously. This is why in 2002 you get duplicates. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Or you just don't bring them. They don't they don't belong down there. Yeah. <laughs> that picture's not going to help with anything. <laughs> it was all, he was gone for like three days, too. Right, yeah, you're not gone. You're you're not gone very long. Yeah, you're not yeah. going in. I think Short if you go into outer trip. space, yeah, it makes a little bit more sense. But yeah, when you're going down there, you're just you're going down there and back. You're not you're not staying yeah. out in space for a year or whatever. Yeah, come yeah. on, Frenchie, priorities, man. <laughs> so then Josh screams at Rebecca to continue Aaron Eckhart's terrible acting. Um, <laughs> I was two inches away from me. I gotta save them. He's a he is a good he's a good yeller. But yeah, it's very, very much overacting. Yeah. And then they eventually reach the outer core. It goes smoothly, and then they start to speed up, and the outer core, it turns out that the outer core is less dense than expected, which is kind of what uh, Bruce Greenwood was mentioning. Lack of density means that the core material is too thin, and the warheads won't have the impact it needs to restart the core. So Zimsky is just like, all right, well, mission's failed. Time to go home. Time to initiate the Destiny Project. And everybody's like, well, what the fuck is the Destiny Project? 
So he explains it's a doomsday device built by himself that is um, that pulls electromagnetic power from the Earth's core. He believed that uh, other countries were building those to use against them, so they built one first, and it's probably the reason why the core is already stalled. Um, yeah. The plan for Dooms for Destiny would be to shock it back to the stabi- stability, but is risky and is a last-ditch effort, essentially. So Josh is like, well, why don't we try Plan C before you guys set off Z- Destiny? Um, he's like, uh, and then Zimsky has a meltdown at that idea. Yeah, uh, and then he has to get punched in the face. Yep. That, um, that classic disaster movie moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Zimsky has an absolute meltdown um, because it's basically a suicide mission If because Josh's plan C doesn't even exist yet. And uh, the longer they wait for Destiny, the longer, the less likely it is to work. So he has a meltdown. Um, and while they're having this conversation on the surface, solar flares start to get through the EM field, completely melting down the Golden Gate Bridge. Thousands die. And we get some old footage of the, uh, the San Francisco uh, earthquake um, disaster. But then Rat, who was played by DJ Qualls, sends Josh a coded message to ask if he needs any help, saying that Destiny sounds like a bad idea. And Josh sends one back to tell him that he needs to, him to slow down the Destiny project. So Rat starts working on trying to break into the Destiny Project files to try and get control of it. He's awful at it, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. He's supposed to be, like, the top hacker in the world, and it takes him until the last second yep. to get into the encrypted files. Yeah. And he starts crying. He, he's a <laughs> hacker who starts to cry. He like, just wants to show his range. Well, I thought he was sweating at first. Like, oh, like I'm <laughs> hacking so hard here. No one's hacked harder than me. And he's just like sweating profusely. And they're like, no, he's crying. He's being a little baby about it. I can't do it. I can't hack. You've Why never had to hack so the planet hard? before, bro. <laughs> That's yeah. true. I they actually use that line in this movie. Yeah. Hack the planet. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, that, that was existence, really. In the last few, <laughs> like the last 20 minutes of this movie is really when he comes into play, yeah. DJ Qualls. Mm-hmm. So Josh and Brazelton work on getting enough power to use the nukes, and Zimsky tells them it's not going to work, but then he gets an opinion epiphany as they talk. His plan is to now to drop the nukes at certain intervals rather than all at once. The analogy is dropping one big rock into a pond versus systematically throwing smaller rocks into a pond. Um, they arm all the nukes, but the problem is that they won't stand the pressure based on where they are. So the plan is to jettison part of the ships to act, part of the ship to act as a shield for the nukes, be- so they could get into position and explode before it just crushes from the pressure. So they draw straws to see who stays behind and jettison the parts of the ship. Braston fixes the straw pole because it's his ship and he wants to be the one to destroy the sh- his own ship. So he goes off to manually override the ejections and doesn't seem very pleasant, but he manages to do it. And he dies uh, with the ship, basically uh, incinerating him, essentially. Yeah. He has the one line going, like they find out the control panel is where it's 9,000 degrees. And he goes, and they go, why the hell would you put it there? And he's like, well, I didn't think I'd have to destroy my own ship. Yep. <laughs> um, Zimsky and Josh work on moving the nukes into place. And Rebecca ejects each piece of the ship. Meanwhile, as Destiny starts a countdown, Rat gets control of the interface with about, like, three seconds to spare, and he diverts the power. So they don't have enough power to send off Destiny. To Coney Island for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Probably an in-joke for the writers. Yeah. Uh, Or he just has fond memories, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. 
As Zimski and Josh try to unload uh, to load the last bomb, Zimski says the bomb isn't large enough. Then Josh gets stuck under the bomb when an energy flare hits the ship. Then another one hits them, and Zimski gets stuck. So Josh has to leave Zimski behind. And right before um, he gets unhooked, Zimski tells him to use the full fuel rods from the reactor to make the bomb big enough. So Josh has to move the reactors all by himself and burns his hands in the process, has to shut down the power of the ship. Um, they don't have power to get back, so they resign themselves to die. They're basically sitting ducks for when these, go- these things go off. And then as the nukes start going off, Josh gets an idea. He's going to treat this ship like a solar panel because unobtainium converts heat to energy. Then we get one last scene with Zimski before he blows up. So real to- quick, if mm-hmm. unobtainium converts heat to energy, shouldn't they never, ever, 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 ever lose energy or lose power to the ship if they are in the Earth's goddamn core where so, it's nothing but heat? So I believe... If I'm not mistaken, the unobtainium was being used to power the drill part. I think so. the I think the I think the the shell of the ship was made of unobtainium. Right. Because they was... yeah that's why they cut off all the wires and sort of you know fuse them to the wall. Um, right. So and... if it's a solar if it's solar energy like it's being sucked up like solar ener- solar panels are on the outside of your house right. Yeah. So there, you would think that it would be hardwired in somehow from the ship. That's yeah, what I would imagine. Yeah, but I don't I think they're imagine. using the unobtainium. I think they're using nuclear power yeah. to power the ship. They're, right. So yeah. he reroutes it by putting the copper parts of the the ship's wiring against the wall that he cuts open, and somehow doesn't burn himself. Well, really, um, that's what it should have been the entire time, right? Probably. Right. Because <laughs> if they, you're talking about like, yeah, this the heat will generate enough energy so let's just do that then we don't need but they would need power to get down there yeah okay yeah i'll just go fuck myself i'm sorry (laughs) i didn't Uh, know you guys were signing i mean they they sort of just real quick they don't explain any of that (laughs) but then how are they going to get down there if it's a cloudy day (laughs) (laughs) or if it's not hot (laughs) what if it's cold that's a good point i didn't think of that (laughs) i apologize um so uh the, the course so the nukes go off and the core starts turning again and they ride some magma flows to the surface because i guess we're pretending that there's nothing but liquid down there um they lose communication with the command team so the command team assumes that they're dead but four hours later they break, break through the crust and land without power on the seafloor so purcell and rat are on an aircraft carrier and they're like well they're gone they did what they had to do, and they they, they died. Um, but <laughs> the aircraft carrier, the people on the team there say they got some sonar activity, but it's just whales. And then Rat realizes that the Virgil is signaling to the whales and that they could find them by finding the whales. <laughs> the, the best part is the, the captain of the boat that they're actually on searching even says that it's not uncommon. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, this happens a decent amount of time. You know, so why would you ever... wobble. Right. But, so it would have made way more sense if the captain had said, yeah, this is very uh, unnatural for the yeah. whales to be doing this. This is this is a world. This is a movie where it's creating science as it goes along. They made it more difficult to right. for us to understand it. Um, they yeah. could have just been like, wow, they must be signaling to the, the whales are here because they're signaling to them rather than just. Saying, nope, happens all the time. And then just Dita calls like, no, wait, it's the whales after all. It's like, based off of what? What a fake out. What a fake out. (laughs) 
but yeah, but it's like if I'm the captain or the general, I'm like based off what the captain just said that this is not unnatural uh, occurrences right. from whales. Yeah. <laughs> they do this a lot, apparently. <laughs> like, no, I'm telling you, it's the whales. How? Tell me why. Why should so, I waste any more manpower on this? <laughs> so the dive team gets dispatched and they pull up to Virgil. And then one week later, Rat goes to a cyber cafe and leaks all the information about the project to the public to give the dead members their due, as well as to expose the Destiny project. So he invents WikiLeaks. Yep. And then <laughs> we get to... He's the whistleblower. Yep. And then we get to end on 30 Seconds to Mars song. And that's that who it was? <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> I thought that was U2 for a second. I was like, oh, great, a shitty U2 song. Nope. And that, uh, that's the core, guys. Uh, I, I also like how the Cyber Cafe was just called Cyber Cafe. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Come to Cyber Cafe and play on your cyber phones and whatever. This movie took forever, dude. Yeah. yeah. And you can't see it, listeners, but watching Anthony break down the plot was just like slowly watching him drain. <laughs> the, the life force drained away from Anthony. I could see him. He's like. His head was in his hands at times. And then they go down into the core. And, <laughs> it, and there's it 80 minutes left. <laughs> right. They finally get to the core and we still have an hour left. Yeah. Uh, I still can't believe that this movie is 20 minutes shorter than Armageddon. I didn't realize Armageddon was two and a half hours. I feel like but, it is. It but is. Armageddon flows so much better. It has right? a Tyler. Yeah, that's true. And she's sexy, but... That doesn't make it better necessarily. It just there's more action. It's just better paced in Armageddon. And in, in this, it's just sci- like something goes wrong. Science ex- explains it. Something else goes wrong. Well, we need to science it again. It's like, oh shit, come on, just hit something with a hammer and move on. <laughs> or ride a nuclear warhead. Right. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's dull. It, it's bland. I'm not even gonna call it dull. It's just it's kind of bland. It's like. Mm-hmm. The characters in Armageddon, because we're going to use this one as a... We're going to use that as a difference, because it's it might as well be the same movie. Art is more interesting. I mean, you got Steve Buscemi, you got Ving Rhames, you got you know Bruce Willis. Even, even ben, Affleck ben Affleck isn't terrible in that movie. Uh, yeah. Not, not Ving, Ving Rhames? No, Michael no, Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan, yeah. Uh, who's the captain of that? Um, he He's really good. He's been in a... He's been, uh, oh, I know. Yes. Yeah, he's awesome. He's much better than the guy they had piloting the the Virgil here, Bruce Greenwood. He's a much better Bruce Greenwood. No, he wasn't Starfleet captain. Well, listen, the other one was Shredder, so I take Shredder over over Star Trek. TMNT, motherfucker. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just it was more interesting, right? Yeah. Armageddon. But it's a bunch of characters that I don't mind spending time with. Yeah, they right. were, I mean, this movie, I, I really couldn't care less. They even go to strip clubs in Armageddon. Here, they, they just, they nerd out. Mm-hmm. I yep. don't know. It's, uh, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a bad movie. I probably wouldn't watch again just because of the, the length of it. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I saw this movie. Sure. Yeah, I think the big thing, if I had to say what I would do to make this movie better, I'd make it, I'd make it a half hour shorter. Yeah, that's a good idea. And also, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to do the whole science explain explaining everything kind of thing, where it's just like one problem after another, after another, after another. Um, it just it gets tedious because mm-hmm. it's like, well, all right, so we encounter a problem. Well, you know they're gonna figure out a, another way to solve it. 
Yeah. Even when even when they have barely anything around them, they figure it out. So it's they kind of MacGyver it throughout the whole movie instead of being fully prepared. Yeah. Um, so that gets annoying. And I also yeah. just like the idea of bringing down Jaegers to fight the core. <laughs> just like punch the shit out of the core yeah. instead of yeah. just nuclear bombs. <laughs> they have to punch through the mantle, though. But yeah, you just yeah. bring down some helicopters. It'll work. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, you... Uh... You said you wanted this movie to be a half hour shorter, and right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you, you know you're describing the great disaster movie known as Geostorm, starring Gerard Butler, oh, which is an hour right. and 50 minutes. There you go. <laughs> but they didn't have to shock the world or something. They shocked the core. They, I don't know. I saw that movie. I have no clue how they fix it. I think it just kind of goes away on its own. <laughs> we don't know that's how to solve the this end, problem. It was the end a, of that uh, chapter. It was a network of satellites to control the Earth's climate. Right. Yeah, I, I remember that movie. It was really bad. Yeah. And it's also a big, um, the other podcast that does the same thing we did that John up and name. The other guys. Those so guys. much disdain in Mark's voice. The other podcast. Uh, is there anything else that you guys would do to make this better? Uh, no, not really. I, Again, I just like the absurdity of having it... Uh, you combining avatar and pacific rim yeah i, I think I, that'd be awesome i would lean more towards which is what makes armageddon work um as make you it said, 20 minutes longer <laughs> no, yeah <laughs> always Another always that's mark's long. answer for everything what <laughs> if it was longer let's make it the snyder cut um right. uh, no i was going to say if they leaned a little bit more into comedy and you know silliness with yeah it. this this movie does not have a whole lot of comedy it yeah. is and that's that maybe that's what makes this feel even longer it's just it's just so deadly serious for such a silly silly concept well that's what you get when you put aaron eckhart in a movie because he tries to be funny yeah he's not he, he's not yeah. funny no yeah yeah i guess this is i haven't seen deep impact in a while but i guess this would be you know the tone of deep impact compared to armageddon is sure. Hillary Swank in Deep Impact? I feel like she should have been. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in 25 years. I think. I I've only seen it the one time. I don't think she is, but... Also, I will I say... Elijah Wood is. I'm going to say this. <laughs> Do people often mistake Hillary Swank for Elijah Wood? All the time. I think... Well, after, after Boys Don't Cry. Um, <laughs> and uh, she's also in P.S. I Love You, which is another Gerard Butler movie. Uh, she's I, also the second karate kid. I, I'm just going to say this. I know this was brought up in The Office. I think Hilary Swank is hot. I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it. She has... Uh, her. She is fighting Aaron Eckhart for the best jawline in this movie, by the way. She has a strong jaw. A great jawline. <laughs> <laughs> That's that would go on the Mount Rushmore of jawline. I mean, she does look good in this movie. I think she looks great. Yeah, she's not I'm, ugly. I've 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 never been a big fan of hers. I don't think she's I don't think she's unattractive. No, she I doesn't don't do anything for me. She's a fine actress, and she's she's a good-looking woman. That's it. That's all. I'm not gonna say she's super hot. She's not a ten, but she's not like a four. She's yeah, like a seven, and I'm okay with yeah. that. Yeah, the Dan four was like seven. the the last like movie that I know of looking at her IMDb that she made before Million Dollar Baby. Okay. So she's already got one Oscar under her belt for this, before this. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because she had, she did Boys Don't Cry, and then there's a whole lot of, I mean, I guess Insomnia is good, but it goes to core, and then it's the whole Million Dollar Baby, Black Delilah, or Black Dahlia, um, yeah, Freedom Writers, P.S. I Love You, Amelia. Z. 
New Year's Eve, uh, <laughs> The Horseman, you know, uh, what else? And then it goes a whole lot. Like, I think Logan Lucky is her next best movie. And then she did five episodes of BoJack Horseman. Recently. She's a fine, she's a fine person. How about yeah. that? I have no problems with her. Yeah. No, no. Uh, do you were going to say something? No, I was just going, I was just going to say it's, it's just a shame that this movie wasn't more fun and I thought it was going in. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to plug your shit? Make it quick. Sure, real quick. Uh, Twitter at Diaquino122. That's my personal Twitter. Stranger Damies, our real play D&D podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram with at Stranger Damies. Yep, yeah, and then our podcast, uh, Wednesday, uh, is Stranger Damies. Last episode just aired. It's the uh, uh, last episode of the first at-home quarantine session that we did. Um, and then we have Game Ball Pod. It'll be going up this Monday. Um, and then we have streams. Uh, during the week, they'll be a little inconsistent um, coming up just because of computer issues. Um, but we're hoping to have one out on Thursday. Um, don't know why my computer crashed last Thursday. It hadn't done that in three weeks playing Zelda. Um, so I have no idea why I did this time. I think it was because I used the Batman sprite to kind of, you know, for Dan in that game. Thank um, you, Mark. Uh, which is pretty funny when you go to the map. It, instead of Zelda's head, instead of Link's head, it's uh, the Batman, um, which is a pretty good touch. Um, and then we'll do, uh, again, uh, then fr- and then Saturday, we have the uh, Fright Fest um, uh, or Scare Stream, whichever one Saturday is. And then Saturday Sundays, again, keep an eye on Twitter at Game Vault Pod um, for any updates on if those are delayed or postponed or anything like that. Um, and you, the Twitch is twitch.tv slash The Game Vault Podcast, because as we joke every week, um, we couldn't get um, the same name across every social media. Um, so we're also on, um, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, Instagram as well. I believe that is Game Vault Podcast without the V in front of it. Um, so, yeah, just check us out all there. And um, if you want to follow my stupid bullshit, um, I'm at Off The Mark Tweet. Okay. And this is They Called Smoothie. You can find us at theycalledsmoothie.podbean.com. You can find us on all uh, podcast streaming apps. Just look for They Called Smoothie. We should pop right up. We are themaindamie.com, and we are on all social media channels at the main Damie. So that's uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search they, The Main Damie, and we will pop right up. We're also proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com and all podcast streaming apps. Just look for Geek Vibes Nation. We'll pop up there along with a bunch of other great shows. If you've got a, a interest in geek stuff, I'm sure there's a podcast on, on that channel for you. Um, if you have any questions or comments, you want to reach out to us with a movie idea, you could hit us up uh, on Twitter at the main Amy is, is a great play, way to get a hold of us. But the main Amy at gmail.com is our Gmail account. Um, if you could, if you're listening to this and you like what you hear, go on iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. It would help us out a great deal. If you want to get in touch with me personally, I'm at Ant Delvec on Twitter. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for us this week. This movie has been The Core, and the director of The Core is John Emile. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling John Emile to go fuck himself. Mm-hmm.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.